Because I, I just showed up because they were like, we're going to vote you in for something or other. Like, actually, we're voting you on the board. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, okay, now we got to take the official photo, we'll be, which will be up on the wall. And they pointed it for like 20 years. And I'm like, there's like snot in my beard. And like, nice. I just look like death and my nose is red. I'm like, cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 53rd episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is November 8th, 2019. It is our Week 10 preview. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mike Valverde and Evan Hoovler. Evan, let the people know how much like death you sound. I'm feeling pretty dying. <laughs> but, the Raider, but the Raiders won, so I'll take it. Yeah, you'll, you'll trade off... Uh, 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 health for uh, Raiders victory. Mike, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, it's a little weird um, starting this early, but other than that, it's it's good. Yeah, we're uh, we're uh, this is my first week where football absurdity is the only thing I'm doing. So we're recording this at 10 a.m. on Friday Pacific time instead of our normal Friday evening. Hopefully, get it out to you folks a little earlier. Our news might not be quite as up to date because people are liter- literally practicing right now, but. Uh, any information that comes up during the podcast, we will let you know. So um, right off the top, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. So if you found us through the website or through Twitter, you can subscribe to us um, wherever you get podcasts. So that's Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, any of those good good places with the good people they, that get you the podcast. Uh, if you do find us there, please rate, review, however they let you do that. Um, it does help out the algorithm. We have to make the sacrifices to the gods to make the algorithms happy. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, the, the website Twitter is fballabsurdity, um, but the great place to chat with us is on our Discord, tiny.cc absurdity. If you want to follow Mike, it's rflredzone. If you want to follow me, it's Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. Evan is Evan Hoovler on Facebook. And um, if you want to support our growth, get a second episode a week of this podcast, uh, kind of the, uh, the debrief episode for the questions that we asked today. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash footballabsurdity. Uh, go ahead, become a patron. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us run the, uh, the, the, the beer sheets. It costs a little bit more now for us to do the beer sheets, so we'd greatly appreciate it. Another way you can help us out is uh, go to draft.com slash absurdity, promo code absurdity. If you deposit 10 bucks, you'll get a $3 tournament token, and it helps us out a lot. So, all right, guys, got that housekeeping out of the way. Thursday night football, Evan. Were you able to watch it, or were you in a, ha- a, a drug-induced haze? I had to go to a PTA meeting for the second half. For the first half, I experienced something very unique. I sat down and watched a football game and rooted for the team I liked. And, and they weird. played well. Or, yeah. or they were winning, at least. It was for... super surreal. It was yeah. very nice. Yeah. Um, Mike, how, did, you, did you get a chance to watch this one? I did. Yeah. It was weird because it was like, it was a competitive game. Like, right, it came to right up till the end. But it wasn't a very good game. It was very sloppy tweet about that and I was like you know what I didn't think about it that way but now that you said it I think that's exactly how it was it was very sloppily Drew Brees and Drew Brees Philip Rivers um was awful and too many turnovers too many penalties and yeah it, it, it was very sloppy but very entertaining yeah it was entertaining but under like under no circumstances was it a good game so I was um I was making dinner last night during it, so I would I would pause it, 
and then I would come back and I'd watch it and I'd fast forward through plays. And normally it's just like fast forward, play, fast forward, play, you know. And, and there was just so much of them, people walking around, people complaining, people reviewing uh, turnovers, flags. I was like, man, there's just a lot of fast forwarding of just garbage nonsense in this game. It's a very sloppy game. And, um, I mean, the last, the last drive, I mean, Phillip Rivers was just like incomplete. I think he, the last drive it was seven, or I can't remember, did he throw the interception on third or fourth down to end the game? Fourth I down, don't know. Fourth, fourth down, down. ten. Fourth and ten. So it was seven plays where Philip Rivers did not complete a pass until the interception because he had a penalty before. So it was just a, an absolute mess at the end. And um, I know it was fourth down because me and my Raider fans were like, why didn't he just knock the ball down? Can't we even win a game right? <laughs> That's true, huh? Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even understand that whole drive itself. Why are they – you have – I think they have, what, two timeouts and – like a minute 50 to go and they're like throwing 60 yard passes and it's like all you need to do is get in field goal range you're not trying to win this thing yeah i mean well, not trying to win this thing with a touchdown yeah you just had to get it i mean oh poor evan i the the freaking missed field goal you're lucky you missed the second half because you would have been having conniption fits because uh uh, or the missed point after, because the Raiders score a touchdown to go up, presumably by three, but then they shank the point after. So they're up by two, so the Chargers have a chance to win this thing at the end, and then Phillip Rivers vomits on himself. But, Mike, you're right. They have two ti- They have two timeouts. They have Melvin Gordon, who is just going ham on this Raiders defense all game long, and they can't, you know, try to get him the ball. They're just airing it out to, you know, to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and stuff on, on the, uh, the final drive. It just didn't make a lot of sense what they were doing. Um, so um, that was a, an, an, a, a very bad ending to what was a, a competitive and entertaining but very sloppy, sloppy and poorly played game. So for fantasy, Evan, remember when Josh Jacobs got drafted and I said he was automatically a running back too and you said that the Raiders' offensive line um, wouldn't be able to pull that off for him? They how happy, how happy, yeah, how happy are you to be uh, wrong about that? One hundred percent happy. Yeah, one of those pleasantly when you're. What was what you're saying? When I love pessimist, being a pessimist because yeah. when you're wrong, it means something good happened. Yeah, this is uh, Josh Jacobs looks so good out there. Like it, I was, I was impressed, and um, I was very happy with it. Mike, um, I, I, you know, I didn't get your take uh, when the Raiders uh, drafted uh, Josh Jacobs. What did you think of him then? And has he lived up to it, or, or were you kind of down on it for the same reason Evans was, or? I had I had him um, in a ten team league. I had him in the fourth round. Uh, so whatever that equates to a twelve team league, I'm not sure. Third round maybe. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've, I've been. I, I I'm actually more impressed uh, than what I originally thought. He he's just doing just. I mean the the way he has that burst through the hole. Um, his his maneuverability. His, the way he his hips, the spin, missing tackles, it, he's he's really something else. And and there's two two good things. Um, one, he left I, I believe as a junior, so he's young. And secondly, he really didn't get much action uh, splitting time with with uh, the other uh, running backs in uh, Alabama. So he he's fresh and uh young and he the the raiders really really have a a great running back on on their hands 
Yeah, it's 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 a, it was a good move by uh, John Gruden to get him because he um, he was a first round pick and and there's a lot of questions about it, but it turns out when you have you know a thousand first round picks, you can spend one on a running back. So, um, uh, Austin Eckler, um, a touchdown saved his day, but it's I think Mike, you're the one who said that you know he's not he's not going to be worth having around anymore and starting at least one game in um, from Melvin Gordon going back to I mean Melvin Gordon's back. He's capital B, capital A, capital C, capital K back. He is what we what we drafted him to be. So, I mean, Austin Eckler in this one, it was kind of a mess. So, um, what are we doing with him rest of the season? I think you need to play him if you have to. Uh, he's one of those like, I you know, I and I totally agree with what Troy Aikman said. Uh, the next man up. Uh, I don't know if you caught that, where he's like, yeah, everybody's the next man up. I mean, that, that <laughs> never makes any sense. And I, I've always felt the same way. I'm like, okay, well, you, you don't have four players and need to go find a fifth. You always have a fifth player. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so I, I think he's one of those guys where if you're if you're at the bottom of the barrel and you need the guy to step up, then you can look towards Eckler. But He's really, with Gordon, the way he can run and the way he can catch passes, which is, you know, above address, he can get the job done. Uh, it just kind of really limits Eckler's capability. And he, he's way too good to keep off the field because he can do so much. But you, you, you're only going to play him if you have to. Yeah. Why aren't they putting Eckler in the slot anymore? It was working, and it feel like the perfect, the perfect plan for the final drive last night. Put Eckler in the slot and make the coverage roll back, and then Eckler under the middle. Let him gain, you know, chunks of yards at a time. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but the but the uh, Chargers are a very poorly run organization. <laughs> Nothing works for them last night. I think that was the problem. So, uh, you know, we'll see. That's the assumption of rational coaching thing. And um, Keenan Allen, uh, I saw a lot of discourse about people freaking out about Keenan Allen. Um, I mean. Eight for 68. Um, I mean, this is why you play in half PPR or full PPR. 68 yards is, is nothing, but eight receptions, 68. That's kind of what you're looking for with Keenan Allen. So um, it is what it is, and uh, they were trying to manufacture touches for him. They got him an end around and stuff, so I'm not, I'm not super worried about Keenan Allen. You just have to lower expectations a bit. Yeah, especially the way Rivers is playing. It's more Rivers than, than Keenan. I, I thought he might be a little injured because his numbers have sort of taken a hit as far mm-hmm. as what he normally puts up. But he looked he looked really good when he had the ball in his hand. So I, I don't think he's he's injured at all. Um, so yeah, he, it's it's all about Rivers and his and his production that's going to help uh, Keenan Allen and his production. Yeah, and then last thing was um, on the bonus this week, I mentioned Hunter Renfro as somebody he would probably struggle this week, but he was somebody you might want to pick up for the future. Uh, he had four receptions, 42 yards, uh, five targets. He, all of his targets were kind of important, like first down uh, targets. He had one in the end. His one that he didn't catch. Uh, did you, do you guys remember what it was? He missed one? I, I didn't see that. He had an t- end zone target that literally went between his hands like it was uh, like going into his bread basket, and he just went right between his hands. Oh, and, and yeah, That's so not he like him at all. Yeah, so he could have had a much bigger day. So I picked him up everywhere I could. Um, I'm encouraged by what he did. 
um, even though the the box score wasn't there, because um, he was like I said, uh, he was a half second late on ending up with like you know fifty five for um, um, uh, sorry five catches, fifty five yards, and a touchdown or something like that. So that would have been something you would have been happy with, especially given that's the apocalypse this week. So um, I'm encouraged with Hunter Refro, and I'm happy wherever I picked him up. I did have to start him somewhere. It was luckily it was a half PPR league, so it wasn't. The best, but it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened. So, all right, boys, anything else you want to add about Thursday Night Football? The Raiders are going to the Super Bowl. Oh, the Niners will see them there. All right, so cover six, boys. This is the six biggest news stories you need to know. And uh, like I said, we are recording this earlier, so there is some stuff that's not quite settled yet, um, but we will just go with uh, what we have uh, for right now. So um, off the top, uh, these guys showed up on the injury report this week and are playing or are on track to play. O.J. Howard, David Johnson, uh, Chris Herndon finally looking to make his season debut, but of course that'll get bounced back somehow. Amari Cooper, Le'Veon Bell, and Matt Ryan. Um, they are playing this weekend or are on track to play. Still truly questionable are George Kittle on Monday Night Football and Corey Davis. I'm not worried about George Kittle. Um, and then the outs are likely outs. T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, Delaney Walker, Sterling Shepard. That's just off the top. There's other guys we're going to talk about in the cover six. So, number six, A.J. Green setback in his ankle. Injured it back in July. It was supposed to be a six- to eight-week recovery timetable. I think he has a case of the Bengals being winless-itis, and he is not interested in playing this season um, in a contract year. So I think that um, – I don't think we're seeing A.J. Green this year. Um, I think you can – you can cut him. You've hung on to him for this long, and I mean, if he's not playing, the, he suffered a setback this week, so he's not playing this week. I mean, when when are you going to feel comfortable playing him? So, uh, what do you, you guys think? Drop him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so let's see. Have the Bengals had their buy yet? Uh, let's see. The Bengals buy yeah, last was, week. Last, last week. week. Okay. So yeah, you're you're not seeing him this week. I mean, what? Maybe you see him in week eleven, and you start him in week eleven maybe not so maybe you're going to start him in week 12 maybe so like mike said drop him i'm i'm not interested i never had him anywhere to begin with so if if you if you played that game with aj green because doug baldwin didn't burn you hard enough last season uh, maybe you've learned your lesson after aj green i'm i'm pretty i'm about 98 percent sure that aj we will not see aj green this this season because why uh even if he comes back and he's okay you're, you're looking at a team as you mentioned uh, is horrible, and why? Why put out AJ Green, especially in you know if you're going to sign him or or whatever? I don't see him playing at all. I'm about 98 percent sure you're not going to see AJ Green this year. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And if we do see him, it's not going to be something that's worth uh, worth uh, starting. So, right. exactly. Evan, are you in the same boat? He's not playing. Okay. All right. Next one up. Alvin like, Kamara. Like, thank oh. God, the savior of our 0 and 9 team is here. <laughs> Lord. He'll drag out. It's all good. Okay. He'll drag them from the number one overall pick to the number nine overall pick. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next one up. Uh, number five. Alvin Kamara is practicing in full and he's back. But in his stead, uh, Latavius Murray actually played pretty well um, over the last couple games. Um, he had, uh, without um, Alvin Kamara, he had 119 yards on the ground, 31 in the air. And two touchdowns two weeks ago. Then last week he had uh, one o. Or I'm sorry, two games ago. Then last game because they were on bye last week. Uh, he had 102 yards, one touchdown, uh, and, and um, 55 receptions, and another touchdown. So in two games, um, 
he's had he's averaged uh, 153 yards and he's had uh, four touchdowns in those games. So with Sean Payton, it's been a running back by committee. So um, with 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 Alvin Kamara back, are we still slotting uh, Latavius Murray into our lineups against um, this dreadful Atlanta team? Because I think we're gonna see a running back by committee with Kamara because they need to have him healthy for the playoffs. Can we not cover this? Because I have this as a question. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can Still pass got that it. Along. Okay, yeah. We can pass that along. Um, I wonder why I was so inspired to, to say it. <laughs> All right, next one. Evan Ingram. Uh, he's out. He has a foot injury. They're saying it's a midfoot sprain, but they're saying it's not a Liz Frank sprain, which is weird because a Liz Frank is a midfoot sprain. So um, he's not playing this week. Um, the Giants are kind of circling the drain. I'm worried if this is going to be a, um, a uh, we're not going to see him again situation because the Giants are, are not good and um, he's hurt. And so we're at least not going to see him until week 12 at Chicago, which is not a great matchup. So I hate to say it, but roster crunch, are we hanging on to, oh, absolutely we're hanging on to him. He plays Miami and Washington in weeks 15 and 16 if he's back. So I guess you got to hang on to him through the bye. I'm sorry, I missed the name. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. You know the Redskins are like super, super duper tough against the pass. Uh, so you definitely want him against Miami, but against Redskins, he, um, I don't know. But you know, God, he's such a top tight end. I, I, you, yeah, I have to hang on to him. You're gonna hang on to him, Evan. What about you? Yeah, I'm hanging on to him. I'm wondering if. Rhett Ellison, who stepped in and caught two passes in a row in, in, in uh, Monday's game, is an okay fill-in, or if I'm being stupid. <laughs> um, I don't, I mean, I, I think he'll be like a, a, a poor man's Jason Witten type, where he's getting like five targets for 50. I'll just start so. Jason Witten, who's available in <laughs> almost every league. Yeah, you could just go ahead and just start Jason Witten. Which he really um, shouldn't be, to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Witten is... Oh, well, that's what I was saying. I was saying if if you're if you're down there where you're scra- scraping the if you're looking at Rhett Ellison, just look at Jason Witten and say, yeah, yeah. say it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But um. But yeah. So I uh I, I have Evan Ingram in a league, and the only reason I'm hanging on to him is because it's a nine bench league. So I uh just just buried him on the bench, dropped a one of my two backup uh, IDP guys, and and went from there. So. Uh, not excited about uh, hanging on to him, but I kind of got to. So in that same league, I've got James Conner, who's not playing this weekend. Um, Jalen Samuels is good to go, but Trey Edmonds and Benny Snell are both looking like long shots to play. So um, this weekend, the uh, the Steelers are playing um, the the Rams. Sorry, my brain was in last weekend when they were playing the Colts, and I was confused for a second. So they're playing the Rams, so... Uh, Jalen Samuels, we saw the game plan for Mason Rudolph was uh, give him things that are easy to do because if he tries to do anything hard, his brain cannot process it and he panics. So I think it's going to be a lot more dump-offs to Jalen Samuels um, against the Rams. So uh, top 15 back, uh, I mean, in like half PPR, he's got to be, right, this weekend? In my half PPR league where we bet beer, uh, I paid 83% of my fab my starting fab for him two weeks ago. So I'm all in. All in. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with Evan. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Um, next one, uh, uh, the rake, uh, Jacoby Brissett, is likely playing 
this weekend. He had a, a knee injury that was kind of weird during the game because, uh, like Mike pointed out in the bonus, and, and he had his helmet on the whole game, which usually is a sign that, like, hey, um, you know, he's, he's okay to come back in, but he didn't, he didn't play, but he's practicing um, in full, so he's likely playing. So, um, you know, I had Brian Hoyer tagged as a potential streamer uh, this week, but um, if that was something that you were relying on, maybe a two-quarterback league, uh, maybe look somewhere else um, for 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 that. You and, know why uh, they call him the rake? Why do they call? Why why do you call him the rake? Because he leaves everything on the field. Boo! By the way, we didn't mention it, but they're playing against Miami. That's why it's such a big deal um, about the Brian Hoyer thing because he was a definite two quarterback streamer or a cheap DFS auction for you. So, um, and Jacoby Brissett, people enough people got scared away that he actually qualified for the um, sleepers column this week. He was only. Seven uh, percent of people dropped him um, to make uh, waiver pickups, oh, so geez. he got down to fifty percent ownership off the wow. knee. Well, I mean, Mike, if people weren't watching the game, they just saw he got a knee injury and didn't play the rest of the game. So they were trying to, you know, pick up, you know, whoever they're going to stream this week. So I no, get I, it. I get it too. It's just, it's just dumb. It is dumb, but hey, it is, it is what it is. If uh, yeah. if. If people didn't um, make dumb uh, fantasy decisions, uh, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be here right now if everybody was smart about <laughs> yeah, fantasy. <that's> true. <laughs> so, thank you, dumb people. Yes, yeah. thank you, dumb people. So, uh, not you guys. The people listening are the smart people. Let's, yeah, let's be clear. Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, yeah. the most intelligent people. Let's be clear. If you're hearing this, no thanks to you. There we go. All right. Um, so, big biggest news of the week. Uh, Pat Mahomes looking to be back, so fire up. Uh, you know you can feel good about about uh, your Chiefs once again. And um, I'm gonna say, unfortunately, that now does include Damian Williams. I uh, spent half the year being right. I'm gonna spend half the year being wrong. I feel like because I think he's gonna get a stranglehold on that position. And um, because of uh, Mahomes's uh, lack, likely lack of mobility after the knee injury, because um, he he's starting again because the the uh, odds of a re-injury have gotten much lower. Um, but I, you know, he, 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 they're saying he's probably going to need knee surgery after the season, so I don't think we're going to see Mahomes. So I think it's going to be a lot more uh, dump offs to the running back. So uh, that's going to be Damian Williams. So um, I spent half the season being right. I'm going to spend half the season being wrong, even though he's not a good. Running back between the tackles, he has a good pass catching back, and that's how they're going to use him. So, um, so yeah, don't get thrown off by last week's stats, as we mentioned in the bonus episode. Uh, look, look into his, you know, his his stats. Look deep and see yeah. what uh, his 125 yards is all about. Yeah, after that 90 yard run, it was what like 13 carries for 37 yards or something. It was something like that. It, it was, it, if that, yeah, it was it was really really bad. It was rough. So. Um, so, all right, uh, do you guys have any uh, Chiefs takes? Are you ready to move on to uh, – oh, real quick, Darius Geis activated from IR. Um, if you're in a really deep league, uh, you know, he might be taking over for Adrian Peterson, but if you're in a 10 or 12 league, I wouldn't even bother at this Peterson's point. Peterson's been looking good, too. What's that? Peterson's been looking good, too. Yeah, so he might yes. not take over for Peterson. So, yeah, like I said, if it's a 10 or 12 league, I'm not bothering um, with him. Um, but if you're in a deeper league, see if he's around. And then uh, guess who wants to come back? Des Bryant wants to come back and play for the NFL. Antonio Brown wants to come play for the NFL. And guess what? I want an NFL paycheck too. Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, well, Des, Des has, a, has a case because, I mean, his was injury. But Antonio Brown just 
like Mike said, go get some Prozac, man. Just go, 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 calm down a little bit. Go calm down. So, all right, guys. Fun stat. You mentioned the Chiefs. Undefeated on the road, the losing record at home this year. Oh, that's wild. Well, they always say that Arrowhead's a hard place to play, so maybe it's just hard for the Chiefs now. <laughs> the The difficult uh, match, the 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 difficult matchup is coming from inside the stadium. The fans have turned. <laughs> the fans have turned. All right, let's move on to week 10. All right, so uh, what we do um, for this one is, um, if this is your first episode, is instead of going through saying, hey, you know, I think this is a good start, I think this is a bad start for player XYZ, um, we, we look a little bit uh, closer at the game and see what and, and tell you what we're looking at um, and kind of provide the analysis that way. So uh, Mike, Evan, and I each, pre- preve- each prepare if I could talk, each prepare a question that we're looking for um, in the particular matchups. And so we go game by game and, and talk those through. So um, first one up on the docket is Detroit at Chicago. This is a 42-point over-under with Chicago as two-and-a-half-point favorites. And, um, Mike, I like your question because Mike wants to know how the Lions passing game does against the Bears secondary because that's kind of a strength-on-strength strength kind of matchup there. Yeah, it, especially the passing game with Matt Stafford. He's really come to life. Uh, last three games, two 300-yarders um, and one 400-yarder. So he's he's just, in, in the last three games, he's, he's thrown over 1,000 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And what they're doing even more now since on Johnson, the somewhat bell cow dude, Hey, have you seen have you seen what the backs did without uh Carrion Johnson? I would not uh besmirch Carrion Johnson's name with the junk they're running out there. It's pretty bad out there. Um and, and not only Carrion Johnson being out, but as you mentioned, the rest of the running backs are just trash. Uh they're they're throwing about sixty five percent of the of the time. Uh only only five other teams throw more than than what the, the Lions do. But but Bears have allowed just eight touchdowns thus uh, through the air. They're the sixth toughest uh, and eleventh in yards allowed. So they that secondary, as you pointed out, is, is a beast. So on top of that, Stafford is dealing with a back injury. Um, it doesn't seem serious, but you know a twinge here or there. We we never know. Uh, but I, you know, I I, I like Stafford. Uh, I think maybe he he won't hit the three hundred yard mark, but maybe two sixty and two touchdowns. All right. So uh, two sixty and two touchdowns against the secondary would be a uh, a uh, a pretty good mark for for Stafford to hit because that has only been hit uh, twice this season um, against them. Uh, Keen, like Case Keenum is one of them, three hundred thirty two yards, two touchdowns, but he did have three picks, and then Teddy Bridgewater. Very weird. Wow. They played, they played Aaron Rodgers. He didn't do it. And they played Philip Rivers, who we've already talked about. has been struggling lately. And Carson Wentz. Um, that's like so, ultimate trivia question there. Yeah. So that's that's wild. Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater, your, uh, your, your best two quarterbacks against the Bears this season. So, um, Evan, you were checking to see uh, Will. All right. Sorry. I could not read that sentence uh, for, for whatever reason. Um who is going to be matchup proof or Trubisky proof? Well, you, you said a player, Starts so I'm not sucks. certain. Starts defense sucks. So can uh, Robinson prove that 
he's Trubisky-proof and just have a good game. And Chicago's defense is good, and Detroit's offense is like whatever. So can like Galladay prove that he's defense-proof, or is just is everything here just matchup-based and it has to be a really great matchup? That's what gotcha. I'm watching for. Okay, that's that's what it was, and and that kind of rolls into my question, which is is uh, you know is Mitchell Trubisky taking because. Uh, Chicago was next level bad last week, and um, Trubisky was front and center in in making sure that that is uh, something that happened. So my question rolls into Evan's question, which is is uh, Allen Robinson going down with the Trubisky ship? The uh, um, uh, or is or is like Evan said, is he going to prove to be matchup proof? Because he got he only got five targets last week, which is the first time he's gotten under seven all season. So. Uh, we'll see uh, how things go from there because um, I don't think that one catch for six yards is the new norm for Allen Robinson. <laughs> call, call me crazy, but um, you know maybe you have to start lowering expectations for him. Sorry, Evan, I know you have him in your, your big money league. And I lost by a quarter of a point. Oh, no. I'm sorry. And Justin Tucker missed, missed an extra point. Did you, uh, did you uh, check for stat corrections maybe? Yeah, I can absorb. Uh, I'm crushing that league. I have the New England defense and Christian McCaffrey. So. Oh, okay. So, oh, oh, you poor thing. All right. <laughs> speaking of poor things, Baltimore at Cincinnati. Ryan Finley makes his NFL debut. Boys, Did you blow all your fab on Ryan Finley. Hundred percent of the budget. Of course not. Forty-four and a half point on. <laughs> it a two-quarterback league, and I opted to put in a running back instead. Yeah, I, I in Scott Fishbowl, I was like. Yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I was like, I would rather start Daniel Jones again than Ryan Finley. I was like, I'm not doing that. I did spend 22% of my budget to get Mike Gesicki back after I drafted him and dropped him in Scott Fishbowl. So there's you drafted that. drafted Mike Gesicki? What kind of Mike Gesicki fan are you? One who was in a desperate roster crunch and went, bye-bye, Mike Gesicki. But I got him back. I got him back, baby. Anyways. That's good. Baltimore-Cincinnati, 44.5 point over-under. Baltimore, 10-point favorites, and that spread might not be big enough um, after they almost doubled up the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. And um, if you, uh, if the Ravens can confuse uh, Tom Brady, oh boy, I wonder what they're going to do to Ryan Finley. Um, but uh, Evan, you want to know if, uh, ever, if Ingram is an every-week start and if Boyd is an any-week start. This is a good matchup for that. Yeah, there's a lot of leagues where... Uh... Ingram was kind of a flex play for people and, and me. And so I'm wondering, you know, it looks like he's churning away. And this is the one where you you got to have a breakout game here. And then I might plug him in every week. Also, Boyd, are you going to, you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay? just, a, just a desperate plea for, for Tyler Boyd. Yeah, put a question mark at the end of it. <laughs> Mate. Make your desperate plea a question. All right, Mike, you're checking to see about Joe Mixon rushing for more than 50 yards in this one. Yeah, with with Finley coming in, they're going to really try to establish the run. So it's – but you have Joe Mixon in that offensive line and no receivers really. Uh, Alex Erickson is a a thing, you know. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how – how Mixon can do against the Ravens that are 13th against running backs and fantasy points allowed, 7th in yards allowed. They, they've only given up one touchdown on the ground. Uh, but, you know, Mixon has, has shown that he can power through those kind of defenses. He, he did rush for 66 yards against the Rams, uh, which was 14th. 
and even though he hasn't scored all season, um, it really hasn't been on him. He's only had seven rushing attempts inside the five. So, oh, geez. Yeah, they, they, so they're not even getting the ball down there for him to, to get the opportunity. Um, but the, the, his saving grace really is he's had three touchdowns through the air. I, I'm thinking he hits the 50-yard mark, but doesn't score. All right. Yeah, I was, I was going to say there's only been two games this year where he's uh, he scored a receiving touchdown and gotten 60 rushing yards. So it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a long shot for it to happen. So um, hey, fun fun trivia real quick here. Looking at the uh, points scored for every team, only three teams have scored fewer points in the season than the Bengals. Two of them are in the same division. What division is it? Um, the north. Which one? No, it's not the north. It's the, the east. No, south. No, what the? <laughs> the AFC <laughs> East. Funny. Thank the you. It, no, is, it is the AFC east. east. It's the Dolphins and the Jets. Yeah, nailed oh. it. I I got. Uh, never mind. I'm. I got. I think. Just... No, I I know. Mike, you were asking what division the 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 Bengals were in, right? That's the question right. you're trying to answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, oh yeah, that's seems... not trivia. That's like trivial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, before Evan's great trivia question, my transition was going to be, speaking of long shots, Marquise Brown. There it is. Nailed it. So Marquise Brown, um, Hollywood Brown, he uh, was a big um, uh, – he he busted onto the scene to start the season, um, and then he got hurt. And uh, my question is, is, uh, how does Marquise Brown uh, perform against a pass defense that is um, among the worst uh, by DVOA um, in the league, and um, some other stats for Marquise Brown. Um, only two teams allow more than t- more twenty-plus yard receptions per game than than the Bengals. And um, Marquise Brown uh, last week, if you were kind of worried about the uh, the four for forty-eight, um, he only played on fifty-eight percent of snaps because he was working his way back um, from injury. And um, in the three games before he got hurt, he played um, combined. He played uh, uh, 73% of snaps. Um, so I think he's going to take a big big step forward in snaps, and I think that he's going to uh, just absolutely brutalize the Bengals' defense. Um, and I, I want to see if, if he does that. And if he does do that, we can happily just slot him back into our lineups. He's back to being Marquise Hollywood Brown. Hollywood! Hollywood, baby! I don't know. I traded him, so... Yeah. That's fine. It, it's fine. You, you you don't have faith. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I traded him, Sutton, and Kirk for Julio and Thielen. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the Dynasty League. Evan's making a push in the Dynasty League. I have no uh, idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm third, so. Yeah, you're third, and you made a, a win-now move if Thielen can get back on the field. I'm supposed so. to do that when I'm third, right? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. That's cool. the uh, That's the move. Um, hey, I think with the trade deadlines this week, um, I'm out of it. I will trade you for a, a, a pick. I got a lot of guys if you need a guy. Okay, um, yeah, send me some offers. All right, I'm looking at I'd it. send you some, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. You'd be right. like, what is this, Evan? This makes no sense. All right, I'll take advantage of you. Next, speaking of taking advantage, Buffalo at Cleveland, 40-point over-under. Guys, if I told you that team was a three-point favorite in this game, would you guess it was Buffalo? Yeah, I would yeah. take Buffalo. 
It's Cleveland. Cleveland are wow. three-point road favorites. Is that just dumb Ohioans shaking their money at the Browns again? I guess. I don't know. I mean, you think – I mean, okay, if you think that Ohioans have spent their lives uh, shaking money at the Browns, there would be no money left in the state of or, – or, okay, there would be no money left in the greater Cleveland area because <laughs> – Full disclosure, my dad's side of the family is all from the greater Cleveland area, so I can call them dumb Ohioans. So, hey, guess what? My dad's side of the family is from the greater Cleveland area as well. So um, I went to I went to a family thing a couple of years ago. I drove right past the Browns facility, and I told them to, to draft a quarterback. This was before they had Baker. And maybe I'd tell them to draft a quarterback again. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you were looking to see if uh, uh, which, uh, which uh, pair, uh, which if you, if you went back in time, and said, all right, Mike, in week 10, you're going to be asking yourself, does John Brown and Cole Beasley outscore OBJ and Jarvis Landry? Um, you would slap yourself across the face. So what do, what do you think about the OBJ, Landry, and, and Brown-Beasley split here? Not only would I slap my face, but I, I would be like Jim Carrey in Liar, Liar in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> if you guys ever seen that movie. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, uh, Brown, Brown and Beasley are the, really the only two wide receivers in on the bills i mean they they uh they got nothing uh dawson knox is third on the team but he's like 25 targets behind both beasley and brown so the only two receivers that that the bills go to is brown and beasley uh over the over the last three games they've those two receivers got five touchdowns uh close to a thousand yards um but the browns are are pretty pretty uh, tough against the defense. 13th in fantasy points allowed. Uh, and then if you look at, at the Browns offense, OBJ and Landry, uh, they're not even really close to what the Bills are doing except for in yards. Um, Bills have five touchdowns in three games with those two receivers. The Browns have two. Mm. Um, so Landry scored for his first time last week. So I don't expect him to put any any points on the board as far as touchdowns. <laughs> he got his uh, requisite touchdown. Yeah, yeah, he got his he got his fill for the year. Um, the Bills are are second in points allowed. So the, these are kind of two two pretty good defenses going against each other. Uh, I, I I think that if you're going to look down at, at the order of how how this is going to go, I, I think that neither room are going to score a touchdown. None of these guys will score a touchdown. Beasley um, will lead in receptions, uh, Brown in yards, and then OBJ and Landry will finish third and fourth. Uh, it, it's going to be a very boring week for these receivers. So, I, I mean, I don't know if you're forced to play OBJ anymore. Um, you probably will find a place for him. But I, I don't really expect any kind of production value that, that's going to be exciting from any, any four of these guys. It's, it's going to be a, a down week. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna respectfully disagree about John Brown. I think it's gonna be a big John Brown game because, uh, well, we'll we'll get into that later when I I talk about my uh, my DFS lineup. Ah, okay. Ah, so all right, so Evan, in uh, in this particular contest, you are looking to see um, what Kareem Hunt's role is, and that's something that I'm curious about yeah, as well. That's my shortest question, Hunt. Question. <laughs> Who did, will this dog hunt? What's going on? How's it been? Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. For those that you know, don't know, it's his first game back from suspension. 
for just being a real righteous, upstanding gentleman. Uh, he's one of those guys that we got to root for. But um, but uh, what are you what are you thinking, Evan? What are you seeing? Like ten touches, and maybe he busted off a big one because he got fresh legs. Yeah. Maybe they put him in at the goal line. So I'd say floor of like thirty yards and two catches for ten yards, maybe, and a ceiling of like. 60 yards and a touchdown, and also two catches for 10 yards. Yeah. So the the Bills have had one of the worst run defenses lately. They've allowed um, 100 and – sorry, my cat's walking across my computer, so I can't see. There we go. Thank you, Riley, for your assistance. <laughs> um, I <laughs> lost my spot here. Um, they've allowed the fifth most yards to running backs over the last three weeks, 164 yards per game. Um, so if he gets 10 to 15 touches, which is what I – think he'll get somewhere in that ballpark, um, he will perform well. And, and before people are saying, hey, you know, what about Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb's only played, um, he played 64% of the snaps two weeks ago, and he played 60% of the snaps last week. So I don't know if they're doing some sort of load management, uh, bearing off of Nick Chubb, uh, if it's a game script thing, which if it is a game script thing, well, that's Kareem Hunt. If they're taking Chubb off the field for whatever reason, they're going to be putting Kareem Hunt in there, not Dontrell Hilliard some more. So um, it's an interesting thing with um, with uh, 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 Kareem Hunt this week. And um, another DFS preview, he's minimum priced at DraftKings and FanDuel. Literally the cheapest option you can put in at running back. So um, another little DFS preview for you folks. So uh, my question was, uh, kind of already mentioned it, Cleveland three-point favorites on the road. Uh, what does Vegas know that we don't? You know, do they have some incriminating evidence on Josh Allen? Are they going to make Josh Allen throw interceptions? Because that would be crazy. Have Josh Allen turn the ball over? That's ridiculous. <laughs> just, just, just madness. So, all right, next one up, KC at Tennessee. This one, when I put it in the dock, did not have a an over under or a favorite, but I checked, double checked this morning. Forty eight point over under. KC six point favorites, um, which tells you that Vegas, the sharps, are thinking that. Um, Pat Mahomes is going to be good to go. And, um, Mike, you want to know um, if the amalgamation of Chiefs running backs or Derrick Henry uh, are better rushing in this one? Yeah, uh, I like I like that term, amalgamation. Thank so. you. So, uh, yeah, and that, that's pretty much the situation. Uh, I, 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 like, I kind of like these, these team battles versus a solo battle, and th- this one popped up uh, as I knocked my coffee. Yeah. Um, so Tennessee is 17th against running backs and points allowed. Uh, but the interesting thing here is, and I and you were sort of touching on it uh, a little bit through, I think through the the six is you're seeing a switch in running backs. First, it was McCoy. It was pretty much McCoy dominant. But in the last three weeks, what what we've seen is McCoy getting less rushing attempts. And Damian Williams getting more rushing attempts. Uh, overall, it's about the same, but Williams has been far more effective than than uh, McCoy. He has two two touchdowns. To McCoy's none. Um, 162 yards to 113. Uh, so in total, that's 52 carries, 275 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, if you look at the Chiefs' defense, uh, they're they're bad. They're really bad. They're, <laughs> they're bad. They're, they're horrible. Uh, 30th against the run uh, in points allowed. And in Henry's last three weeks, he has 51 carries, 228 yards, and two touchdowns. So 
the two totals are are pretty much uh, right in line with each other. In fact, the only difference is that uh, the Chiefs have 47 yards, 47 more yards in three games than Henry does. Uh, but looking at, of course, that Chiefs defense and how bad they are, uh, I, I really think Henry's going to win this battle. And I think he's going to carry 21 times, 85 yards, and a touchdown versus the Chiefs, just 95 yards and no touchdowns. Oh, well, uh, so, so in that case, let's, 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 let's roll it forward. How about this? What about Henry plus Deion Lewis? Oh, yeah. Henry and Lewis, would, yeah, that, that would really blow it up um, on the Chiefs. Okay. All right, cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. So that'll be an interesting matchup to see uh, with the uh, with the uh, the Chiefs guys. The 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 just it feels like they have seventy five running backs and all, none of them are particularly good. And uh, versus Derrick Henry. So well, I charted it. They they've used like six six running backs um, multiple games. So they 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 really they've used McCoy, Damian Williams, uh, Darwin Thompson. Daryl Williams, Anthony Sherman, and DeAnthony Thomas all all have been active uh, in the what if nine weeks, eight weeks, whatever they played. That is preposterous. All right, Evan. Speaking of preposterous, well, Ryan Tannehill still being uh, an excellent waiver wire plug-in this week. Ryan Tannehill has finished as a top eleven quarterback in fantasy three straight weeks. Pretty much every week since taking over the starting position for Marcus Mariota. This week he faces Kansas City defense, which is legendarily sloppy and gets passed on a lot because their offense is up. They're just outside of the top ten in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Will Tannehill continue to be a QB1? I'm telling everybody to pick him up and start him this week who's got a quarterback on by or has Brissett and isn't unsure if if Brissett is going to start. Pick up Tannehill as a backup. I'd still start Brissett over Tannehill because he's just way better in terms of skill. But Tannehill's waiver wire gold right now, people. He's still out there in how many percent of leagues uh 20 he's out there in 73 percent of leagues yeah it's it's wild it, I, and i think it has to do with the ryan Tannehill, uh the stink of ryan Tannehill from the dolphins but well, um, he's gonna go up against a good team eventually and get like negative five but it's not gonna be the chiefs yeah but for right now you can keep rocking and rolling i uh he's uh one of the faces of my my uh, quarterback sleepers this week in in what was probably the dumbest photoshop i've ever done in my entire life um, if you don't get it, oh, go now look. I got to check this out. Yeah, it's it's the uh, the practical magic cover with um, uh, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. I want to say, but I did it with uh, Ryan. Fitz- <laughs> you don't know what you don't know who Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman are? Huh? Some famous British comedic duo. All right, what? we already talked about my what? question. We already talked about my question, which is how does the new look Patrick Mahomes perform? There, there's not a lot of analysis here except for, you know, they said he's, he's going to probably need knee surgery in the offseason, so we'll just uh, uh, move on from that one. Um, all right, guys, this game is, is, is it's going to be a shootout, I think. I think uh, um, it's going to be one of those ones where Atlanta comes back at the back end because New Orleans uh, lets them back in, so I think there will be a lot of fancy points to go around. So Atlanta at New Orleans, 51.5 point over under. New Orleans, 13-point favorites. And... Um, <laughs> we, we cut we cut the cover six short because you wanted to talk about it here. Yeah, so uh, basically what I'm trying to find out is 
Kamara's workload, uh, now that he's healthy, what what is it going to really look like? And uh, Latavius Murray has been beyond exceptional in the two-game absence that Kamara's had. Yeah. Murray has put up 63 points in two-and-a-half games played. Uh, in comparison, Kamara's put up 78 points. So Murray's only like 15 points behind Kamara and in four less games. So it's in, and even even if you uh, put Kamara's points up, he he had one blowout game against Seattle. Um, other than that, it, it's his it's his receptions that have really just floated his his draft draft status because he's done nothing really on the on, on the ground at all. Kamara's not gone over 100 yards. Um, he's scored only once on the ground, uh, but as I said, 33 receptions in the seven games is you know really well um especially what he does with with those catches but um you know i think i i think what what you're talking about and and i what i agree with is because latavius murray who didn't do anything um wasn't even i mean he was a spectator while murray's running up and down the field for five games six games uh, they they got to play him they I mean, when someone when someone puts up that kind of production, yeah. and you know is a really good player, uh, and you don't want your the face really of the franchise, uh, maybe now and into the future for sure, to go down, then you got to play those kind of players. That is Latavius Murray. So, my belief is that the Saints are going to go back to what they did last year with Mark Ingram, and it's going to be a Kamara sixty, Latavius Murray forty split. Wow, that 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 big of a a split, huh? That was yeah. 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 Well, we'll see how that goes because um, you know what? That might be right when you factor in, uh, like what I think that the Saints are going to go up big early, and then they're they're not going to run out the the clock with Alvin Kamara coming off injury. So that could that could prove to be a Nostradamus level prediction from you um, there. So uh, I like it, and um, Evan. Evan sees his game potentially going differently. I don't know. Well, I keep forgetting that New Orleans' pass defense is bad because they're like eight and one. But so I'm wondering, like, if Julio Jones continues to struggle, is he now in like the Juju clown car where you're like, I guess you got to flex him, or maybe you have three better options based on matchup? It's sad. Well, I mean, I. He had 152 yards last game. He had 93 the one before. He had 108 the one before. I think he had uh, 16 yards last game. He had Ooh. seven yards. Oh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, I wonder if that's what I did. <laughs> I wonder if that's what I did. I, I typed in J-U, and then I'm so sick. My brain just filled it in as J-U-J-U when I meant to type in J-U-L-I-O. Cause, yeah, because okay. he he had a he had a okay a, cool a no he's good yeah he had right. a couple down weeks in there so I thought Thank maybe God. that was okay yeah, was, everything is normal now <laughs> <laughs> the, the real question I think let me let me let me uh, let me pivot your question up Juju and Juju sorry yeah. guys let me pivot Evan's question will he survive till Sunday to see this game because <laughs> he is a uh, it's uh seems like Evan might be in a uh, some some bad sorts. So um, I'll take over then. Uh, Evan, wa- or I want to know um, 
if um, if it's time to move on from Devonta Freeman. I was a big Devonta Freeman truther going into the season. Um, I bought the hype that he looked good coming out of his injury, coming out of his surgery. Um, he had over 100 yards last week, um, but he's just very inconsistent. He's He hasn't scored a rushing touchdown yet this year, um, and his receiving is saving him. But... Um, you know, you, you can't be happy with uh, with what DeFonta Freeman's got you. And um, I think I did the Evan thing because his games are looking better than, than I thought, and I own him. And I'm just going to punt on this one because I, I don't know who I pulled up. Oh, you know what I did? I know what I did. Guys, this is a really good showing for us. Royce yeah, Freeman. Royce Freeman. <laughs> Guys, uh, Mike's the only one who did a good job on this game. Let's just move on. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even have the excuse of being sick. Giants-Jets. Uh, technically a Jets home game, but it's in MetLife. It's this home stadium for both of them. Uh, my question, will Leonard Williams go to the right uh, uh, dressing room? No, that's not it. 43.5 point over under. Giants are 2.5 point favorites. And um, Mike... Uh, oh, no, you went first last time. Evan wants to know, um, uh, with Evan Ingram out, uh, here, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you fill in the rest. Well, like when Ingram went out in the last game, uh, Jones started peppering number 85, Rhett Ellison, like repeatedly, three targets in four plays. Can I just pick up Rhett Ellison and start him? Or is that like as dumb as it sounds to me? Like it doesn't seem to pass the smell test to me. So I'm wondering. But there's all these... Running, there's all these tight ends, you know, in the wasteland of Everett's and McDonald's and whatnot. That I'm like, ah, I need some sort of consistent thread. Is Red Ellison going to provide that, or am I going to get one catch for five yards? Uh, I mean, there was, you know, when everybody was all hyped up for Evan Ingram in the Arizona matchup, um, it was Red Ellison who got the touchdown, who had the better game. So um, hopefully, you can get some some good targets. He has had seven targets in a game this year, but I'm not. He's not somebody that I'm going out of my way to get. He's one percent owned. Yeah, and I think you'll be a hundred percent owned if you try to start him. I think that might be getting too cute. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. Which quarterback has the better fantasy game? So Daniel Jones has played in seven games thus far, uh, thrown for about seventeen hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns. Uh, and is rushed for 188 with eight interceptions. So the key numbers there really are 13 touchdowns and eight, eight interceptions. Not really good. Darnold has been sort of worse. Uh, five games, over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, and nine interceptions. And he doesn't add anything really to the run game. So not, not, not good at all. Uh, but both teams are, are really bad against the pass. The Jets are 18th, the Giants are 24th. So what I see here is that Darnold's probably going to throw for about 250 and two touchdowns. Jones, 225, one touchdown, while rushing for 30 yards and a snether score. So due to Jones and his capability to run, I'll give him the two-point advantage. All right. Um... So the what are the odds though that Daniel jo- you think Daniel Jones has a peak Daniel Jones game and just vomits all over himself? I think it's a it's a coin flip. <laughs> so he could have two 
two points more than Darnold or 20 points less than Darnold. Pretty much. <laughs> and, Pretty that, much. and that could be in a situation where Darnold only scores 16 points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly how bad this game can, can really look. It, yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah, so that, that kind of goes with my question for this game, which is which team fails at losing less, which is another way of saying uh, who the heck actually wins this game in two of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, not a lot of fantasy relevance to go with that, but um, it's just like, man, I could not think of a game I want to watch less than Giants-Jets um, this season because it has just been, it has been rough, 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 rough for both No, looking forward to Miami-Hoyer. Oh, my, it's going to be uh, hopefully miami Brissett. Oh, that's better. Yeah, and I can't, I can't uh, besmirch Mike's team, you know. They're yeah, a true leader. Week. Huh? Lawyer did good last week. Yeah, he did okay. He did all right. And it was 165 yards, two touchdowns in relief. That's fine. Oh, but he had that boneheaded pick, though. But He, he did, did okay. have that pick. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. That was pretty dumb. So, um, all right, speaking of dumb interceptions, Arizona at Tampa Bay, 52 point over under Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay four-point favorites in uh, what is projected to be the highest-scoring game of the week, uh, half a point more than Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, Mike wants to know if the, if Kenyon Drake turned this into a running back by committee there in uh, Arizona. Um, and then you, you also have Chase Edmonds to consider uh, if he's healthy. Uh, so if you look back all the way to 2015, about halfway through the season, it's really been David Johnson's running back. Uh, by himself I mean, no one's really threatened him I mean obviously he's going to get relieved here and there but this is David Johnson's team when mm-hmm. they draft J- Chase Edmonds I think in the fourth round fifth round uh, and boom Chase Edmonds comes up gets some relief and then all of a sudden they, they see this this player that was very under underrated and David Johnson goes down this year. Chaseman Edmonds steps up, has a great game, but he, he himself gets injured. So they have really no running backs. And what do they do? Well, they make a trade with, with Miami, bring in Kenyon Drake, and then he goes off and rushes for 110 yards and a score against one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in football, the San Francisco 49ers. So, so it's... It's two things are interesting here. Okay, so going into the season, it was all about the air raid, Kyler Murray, and just throwing the ball, throwing the ball. Well, now they have really three talented backs, uh, and and Kyler Murray struggling. So what are you going to do? And and so I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what what that dy- dynamic is going to be uh, come, going forward. Is David Johnson now that he's healthy going to go back to normal? And Kenyon Drake is going to sort of just, you know, spell him here and there or Chase Edmonds or if they're going to bring all three running backs to to the field with them. What's going to happen? I I don't know, but uh, we'll find out. I think until we firmly know, uh, I don't you got to roll with David Johnson. You picked him in the first round and he's playing the Tempe Buccaneers, which is a good defense uh, against the run. They they are. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. so, but D- Johnson does both. He, he's a good receiver and a running back. But are they going to put Kenyon Drake out there in the third down? Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I want to see how that plays out. And but to, uh, up until what we find out next week, I think you still got to play David Johnson. Yeah, I, I, you can't not play David Johnson, who's, who's healthy now, at least for this week, because, um, you know, um, the, I, I think, I think the big concern actually is with Kenyon Drake stealing receiving, mm-hmm. or stealing, stealing targets more than stealing carries, which would, um, you know, would, would kind of lend it to since they're playing in a against a good defense, run defense that you know this might be a a a, a bust week for David Johnson. Um, I'm not excited. I have him in a league. I have him in a couple leagues, actually. I'm not excited about starting him, but like you said, I gotta. Uh, I can't get away from him. Remember how excited I was about him before the season? Never falling in love with an older running back again. Fall in love with what? An older running back again. Isn't he like 26? I should have said an older man. <laughs> yeah, he's Hold like 26. On. That's old. That's old. That's, old. Evan, yeah. that's, half my, that's, that's half my age plus seven. Get out. Evans, Evans, like got Ender's Game rules here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, uh, Evan, you want to know if uh, Godwin and Kirk were flashes in the pan, or what's going on there with them? Yeah, well, Godwin obviously not, but he was putting up literally the number one wide receiver stats uh, before kind of coming back to earth, which I can't, I can't blame him for. But this is you're you're going against two of the softest defenses in the league. Both of you, you got to go out there, you got to score. This has to be. An, this has to be a great play for you, especially Kirk. Kirk, stop this under five point games thing. Just stop it. Stop it. Okay. You hear that? You hear that, Christian Kirk? Stop it. We know stop you listen. Up. He does. Everybody named Christian listens to our show. Um, I mean, he had fourteen points two weeks ago against New Orleans, and they're pathetic. He was doing great. I, you know, Kirk hasn't had that bad thing except for a stint against San Francisco, and then you can't blame him for that. So yeah, Kirk. Show us that you're cool again. Bounce what I'm back. watching for. Make yeah. me make me convinced that you're my every down every week start again. Yeah, and and um, to your, to, uh, do you have anything to add about Chris Godwin? Because if not, I have a good stat for you. For, no, for there's right. to say about him because he's good. Yeah, so Chris Godwin, the last three games. I mean, it, it makes sense why he's kind of been struggling lately because over the last three games. Um, Jameis Winston is averaging just 158 yards and one touch. Oh, no, wait. Those are Mike Evans' stats. 158 yards and one touchdown per <laughs> game over the last three games. Those are bad quarterback stats coming out, of a, coming out of a wide receiver. That is your wide receiver one. That is Superman. That is if I figured out how to put a soundboard in, I'd be playing the Superman music right now underneath this because Mike doubted him, and I never lost faith. I told you guys, you got to keep running Mike Evans out there. And now Mike Evans is rewarding you. Because, Evan, you know who's the number one quarterback in, or wide receiver in fantasy now? It's not Chris Godwin. Is it Mike Evans? It's Mike Evans. Tampa Bay, dude. Tampa Bay never led the league in uh, passing yards last year. And I'm, very, good, huh? I'm very happy considering that I own Mike Evans in, I think, uh, five of the seven leagues that I'm playing in this year. So I had a rough, I had a rough week there. Uh, uh, four weeks ago, but it's been pretty nice the last few weeks. So I'm really hoping that Mike Evans keeps it rolling. And I, I just want to know how he does it. Um, is it going to be, uh, you know, 100 yards and, and three touchdowns? Is it going to be 200 yards and one touchdown? Who knows? I'm tempting the gods. It's going to be three catches for 44 yards and no score now that I've done this. But I just had to get my Mike Evans love in because uh, it didn't look good because um, he started off the season sick. Then he had the big game, then a pretty good game, then he had zero targets, and um, there were doubters among us 
Um, with good reason for the three for you know zero zero catches on three targets in a game is not what you're looking for. But um, I always kept the faith, and 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 I'll put this in the form of a question, which is, uh, how good is Mike Hill? All right, next game up. Miami at Indianapolis, 44-point over-under, Indy's 10.5-point favorites. And what's interesting about this was that this always had a line listed despite the quarterback being in question. Usually when the quarterback's a good starting quarterback like uh, uh, the Rake, I have trouble finding the, um, the, the line for it. This one, they were like, you know what, it doesn't matter, it's Miami. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Hoyer, sure. Jacoby Brissett, sure, doesn't matter. So, um, so uh, uh, Mike, you're looking to see if uh, Zach Pascal or Chester Rogers um, has a uh, bigger fantasy day uh, this this week. Yeah, uh, I, I even threw an option C, all the above. But um, it's really been been uh, as I've said, I, I probably every week a buffet of receivers for the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, their their number one, Ty Hilton, went down. Number two. Uh, Devin Funches went down, so they're they're really looking at their third, fourth, fifth receivers. Uh, Paris Campbell now is out with a hand, uh, broke his hand. So it's yeah, it's been the Colts have been totally dra- uh, drastic uh, injuries. Um, so it besides those two guys, uh, Doyle and Ebron and Hines have out targeted those. Uh, Chester Rogers, Zach Pascal, Deion Kane uh, on the season. Pascal has been probably the best. Uh, 19 receptions, 321 yards, four touchdowns. Chester Rogers, 12, 125-2. Even though what's interesting is that Chester Rogers has more snaps, uh, like 20 more snaps, 25 more snaps than Pascal has on the season, but he's done far less. And then Deion Kane doesn't count. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to come down to probably Pascal or Rogers, and I'm just looking at receivers here. I'm not looking at Doyle or Ebron or Hines, uh, which I think Hines is going to get uh, some more action going on, uh, especially now that Campbell's out. But I, I really think that, speaking of Pascal, he's going to be the guy that is you, the one that you want to target uh, until Ty Hilton comes back. Um and then Funches will be back soon, I think in two weeks or one week, somewhere around there. Oh, man. So if he's out there, if, if, if he's out there, then he'll be the legitimate number one. And you, know, you could take a uh, swing at him on the waiver wire because probably a lot of people have dropped him considering it's, you know, one, it's Devin Funches. Two, he's been hurt since uh, week two. And Owners are notoriously get tired of seeing a player on on your roster who's who's been injured for as long as he has, and usually dump him. So, yeah, I would, I would look for him, see if he's out there, take a chance, and you know, watch him drop, you know, three or five passes. <laughs> watch him. <laughs> All right, nah, that that that's a good question. Um, uh, I have nothing to add to that. That was pretty thorough. Um, but I do have breaking news. Um. I was distracted during that because um, uh, I was checking up on the news. Andy Reid announced Patrick Mahomes is starting this weekend. So um, that is out of question. Um, Fire up your Mahomeses. Fire up all your Chiefs that you got. Um, Speaking of firing guys up, Evan wants to know if uh, Devontae Parker uh, is in the best shape of his life. I hear he's in the best shape of his life. 
In HPPR, his floor for six straight games and seven out of his eight total games has been 8.9. Right? This week, there's no Kenyon Drake to steal the touches. There's no Preston Williams to, teach, to steal the touches. So I'm starting Devontae Parker as the no-brainer flex in my big money league. So I just want to know, Devontae Parker, how are you going to hurt me? Just tell me now so I can brace for it when it comes. How, how, how? Well, I mean, there is one guy there to steal touches or to steal targets, you know, probably getting somewhere between 15 and 18 targets this game. He can get it. Huh? He, He can get it. There's room. All right. There's only two guys in that team anymore. That's right. Who's the other one? Devontae Parker and Gusecki. Mike Gusecki. I have no questions for Mike Gusecki other than, Mike Gusecki, are you going to finally reward me for going all the way back in? Because uh, it's very appropriate that uh, Mike Gusecki is relevant again, or is relevant for the first time at the same time that um, Damian Williams comes back. Because the Damian Williams truthers were wrong idiots. The, the Mike Gesicki truthers just, just held the faith forever. So um, there, there's definitely no difference and no, uh, 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 you know, mental um, adjustments that I need to make about those opinions. But Mike Gesicki, uh six catches, 95 yards last week, had a dud two weeks ago against Pittsburgh, but four for 41 a couple, uh, three weeks ago, three for 51 uh, uh, four weeks ago. Yeah, PPR floor play for Mike Gesicki. I'm starting him in Scott Fishbowl. Let's go, baby. Mike Kosicki, there's no question there. Carolina at Green Bay, 47 point over under. Green Bay, five-point favorites. And um, Mike, uh, talk to us about CMC. Yeah, uh, I could probably do a whole hour and a half on CMC. Uh, The dude is just awesome, great, wonderful, perfect. I don't know. Let me let me open up my thoughts for the word perfect. But anyways, uh, so uh, what I'm curious about is if McCaffrey against Jones William combo uh, together. Jones and William. Th- this is just shows you how great McCaffrey is. Jones Williams combo is about equal to what McCaffrey has done by himself. Uh, so we're talking 724 yards. For Jones and Williams, this is 724 yards, 17 touchdowns, 60 receptions, and 520 yards. Uh, McCaffrey. Jones and Williams? Jones and Williams combined. Jones and Williams, okay. I thought there was somebody Uh, named Jones and Williams. (laughs) And uh, McCaffrey, uh, 881 yards, 5.3 yards per carry. 13 touchdowns, 42 receptions, and 363 yards. So he's outgained them. He's uh, outscored them in touchdowns. The only thing he hasn't done is been more productive in the air. Uh, You know, both teams um, are playing against each other that uh, can be very much exposed. Uh, Carolina Panthers' run game is, is really not all that great. Uh, Packers run game is really not all that great. Both are 29th and 27th in the league, so I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give it to the team that's probably going to be ahead and that's going to be running the clock more. And Jones Williams tandem is is going to outperform Christian McCaffrey this week. 
Let's not forget, and this ties into my question, if I could just roll it in there. Let's not forget that Green Bay rolled into San Diego last week, 7-1. and one, And San Diego took them apart by exposing their run defenses as their big weakness. And they just demolished them. So there's no reason why Carolina is not going to do the same thing when they have literally a guy having a top five running back season of all time. In fantasy, half point PPR, Christian McCaffrey last week was uh, projected to do the second best fantasy season of all time. After last week, cheat code McCaffrey is projected to have the best season of all time if he repeats the first eight games. So what's going to happen here? Are we going to have just 40 touches for 300 yards and eight touchdowns minimum floor? This is, this is, this is such an, an amazing fantasy matchup here. It's, I think it's a top 10 best fantasy matchup of all time. Wow, of all time. Well, considering that Mike's question is, can two running backs beat the production that Christian McCaffrey's going to put up? I mean, that's that's uh, and and Mike's right on uh, you know strength on strength sort of thing. And um, uh, to roll into that, you know, I'm I'm wondering, I'm curious if the uh, excuse me, if the um, Chargers, uh, the L.A. Chargers, not like uh, Mike's or Evan said, the San Diego Chargers, um, put up a, a, a put up a formula where uh, you can beat the Packers, and the Packers might uh, put up another stinker this week. I don't think they will because they'll be at home. I think this is going to be a, a an Aaron Rodgers kind of get-right game, but it is going to be uh, harder to do that than um, maybe we think because of the strong run defense and Mick Cafe just going off against them. So I, I think it might be a good game, but I'm worried about the Packers putting up a stinker if uh, the Chargers crack the code on um, on beating the Packers last week. And uh Aaron Rodgers called out his teammates for maybe uh, partying a little bit too hard in L.A. So you know, in Green Bay, the the same thing might not be uh, might not be possible. So that's what I'm curious about in this one. All right, next game up, our last afternoon game: the Rams at Pittsburgh, 44 point over under. The Rams are three and a half point favorites. And um, Evan wants to know if if if. With with Brandon Cooks out, which I didn't list him in the the injury thing because he's it's a multi multi week thing, um, will Robert Woods finally perform? I mean, it's got to be sometime, right? And Cooks is out. Let's do a thing here. But, Come on, yeah. I'm still starting you in some deep stupid leagues. I love the, Evan that your questions are rhetorical questions that are really pleased to players that you have on your fantasy team. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we that's how we convince fans that we know these people. They're, they're just rhetorical questions. Just be like, please, please be my friend again. <laughs> Evan's just passing notes to players, going, "Do you like me? Yes, no. Please check." Check this box. <laughs> so, all right, Mike. Uh, this is a sad, another question where if you traveled back in time. Uh, so before week one, asking yourself if Jared Goff or Mason Rudolph would have a better game, that that would have you slapping yourself in the face. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's only a week between – this is week 10. Uh, last year, week 11, we had the exciting Goff-Mahomes matchup. Mm. So we've gone from Goff-Mahomes to Goff-Rudolph. <laughs> wow. And so yeah, golf on the season, about 2,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Eh, you know, Rudolph uh, is is not too bad himself. If he can get more yardage going, he'd be he'd be a lot better off. Uh, about 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns, interceptions. So 
the Rams, they, they got a tough defense, uh, especially against quarterbacks, fantasy quarterbacks. They rank 12th. Steelers uh, are 17th in points allowed. I'm going to give golf the win here. Uh, 270, two touchdowns, comparable to Rudolph, two, two, 220 yards and one touchdown. So 50-yard difference and one more touchdown should go to golf. So it, it probably won't be close. Um, so, uh, yeah, and um, Jared Goff, a wild stat. He hasn't thrown for more than two touchdowns um, in a single game this year. He ran for one a couple weeks ago to give him three. But um, but uh, it's um, it's uh, a, a curious thing to have Jared Goff going up against Mason Rudolph in, in that matchup. I'm 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 saddened for for the Rams. I really am. I'm shedding a tear, just like I'm shedding a tear for um, will Todd Gurley ever surpass 70, 70 yards ever again? Is this <laughs> yeah, a thing that's, that's ever? Is this a thing that's ever going to happen? He had 97 yards on the ground, four yards in the air on in week one. But since then, uh, it's been uh, 67 yards, 14 yards, uh, 70 yards in week four against Tampa with 54 of that through the air on 11 targets. And he had 57, 54, 44. I mean, it's, 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 this is kind of what... Uh, you know, those who were out on Todd Gurley warned about that, you know, this, this arthritic knee thing, it's, it's not something that you can really uh, trust him on anymore, and he hasn't been producing. And this whole offense, this whole team has kind of taken a huge step back this year. I mean, they have three losses. If they get one more loss, they will match their number of losses that they've had in, the, uh, the Sean, in one season under Sean McVay. Because they went 13-3 and three last year, they went 12-4 and four the week before, or the, the year before. Um, so it's just like, you know, what the heck are you going to do um, with Todd Gurley, and is he ever going to get over 70, 70 yards ever again? And hopefully he can do it. Gonna do. You're going to tune into Football Absurdity Podcast during the preseason and not draft him. That's true. Well, unless you were Mike in that big experts league, in which uh, Mike did draft him. And I think we got, like, four episodes out of, of content worth of that. Cause, uh, Wasn't that was, back in, like, April, though? It was pretty far back. Yeah, I think that's not, Mike, that's, I can't blame him for that. Yeah, Mike, that was, what, May when you drafted him? April, May, early June, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew there was a chance. You were, uh, taking, a, you were taking a swing from your heels is what it yeah, was. Yeah, uh, I got him, I think, with a 12-team league. I think I had him uh, mid-second round, so what, 18th pick, something to that effect. Yeah, and actually, Waleed drafted him, too. I remember we had Waleed on, and he was talking about it. I think, Evan, you were off that episode, so... Uh, I literally drafted him. I was like, oh, Waleed, Mr. Upside. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up going. So uh, Sunday Night Football, we'll move on to Sunday Night Football. Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minneapolis. <laughs> okay, sure. Minnesota at Dallas, because uh, if it's a Dallas game, it's got to be on a primetime. 48 point over under Dallas, three point favorites. And, uh, Evan, your question is my question, so I'm gonna let you go first because it looks like you're doing it in a in a a better way than I did. Oh, I just decked Dak Prescott from my main person in my big money league, where I'm doing well. Uh, I'm six and three, but two of those losses came because in one of them I needed about twelve, fifteen points from Dak Prescott against the you know ho hum New Orleans Saints secondary, and he got me four. And then last week I was down by fifteen, and Dak Prescott. Uh, I did, my opponent had Cooper, and Dak Prescott stepped up and threw two touchdowns, got me up by like four and a half points, and then 
In the closing minutes, threw a 45-minute touch, 45-yard touchdown to Amari Cooper, so I lose by 0.25 points. So I get it. I get how you're gonna do it, Dak. If it's close, you're gonna choke. If I <coughs> am down by a lot, you're gonna get just <laughs> me almost there. That's me. That's my impression of Dak. So, are you gonna, how are you gonna shake it up? I know. I know how you're gonna hurt me. So you therefore can't hurt me. All right. How are you gonna do it? Get creative. Yeah. They get you out. Figure figure out a way to hurt you. Sorry, I laughed at you you saying that he's going to choke and then you coughed. It was a uh, a good uh, uh, a synergy moment there. So um, so yeah, that was my question about Dak Prescott. But I wanted to know, you know, where where does the Dak Prescott wheel of fun land? Because um, it's you know he did decently he had three touch three touchdowns last week, but the week before it was like you know he had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown week before. Just a rushing touchdown. It's just um, absolutely wild. But the good news, the good news is it looks like he's on pace to get uh, six rushing touchdowns for uh, the fourth season in his career out of four, which is very interesting that he's at exactly six each of his uh, first three years. So, all right, enough of that. Oh, no, Mike. Mike needs to talk. I'm used to Mike going first. Mike, talk to us about Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott. Last week I did uh, Ezekiel Elliott versus uh, Saquon Barkley, and... Elliott won that matchup. This week, it's pretty much just the same. Ezekiel Elliott versus Dalvin Cook. So I figured, okay, let's let's match these two guys up and and see what what we have. Uh, Cook has uh, close to 900 yards, nine touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, 740, six touchdowns. Uh, you know, Cook, it, it, God, he really does well in the passing game. I I really didn't realize this until I wrote the numbers out. But normally a running back who catches the ball will average, you know, five to six yards uh, per reception. Cook is like a tight end. He's, he's putting up 10 yards per, uh, per reception, 33 catches, 338 yards. So whenever the ball is passing him, he does a whole lot with it. Uh, the Cowboys are 12th in points allowed. Uh, Vikings are fifth. So... What I'm looking at this week, uh, Elliott, 98 yards, a touchdown, three receptions, 24 yards, and a touchdown. So two touchdowns and 122 yards total. That equals to 26 points. And then Cook, he's going to have 96 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He'll go four for 40 in the air. And if you equate that out, that's 29 points. So the winner this week is Cook. 29 to 26. Wow. All right. So um, we'll roll that forward to next season. Who who gets drafted first, Zeke or Dalvin Cook? I think Zeke is going to get drafted first just to the fact that he's been as a top running back in the last few years where Cook has been more of a, a climber, uh, someone that they picked late in his rookie year, then moved up and then moved up again this year to the second round. Um, but both will be in the first round. Minnesota yeah. has given up the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs this year. Sorry, what was that, Evan? Yeah. Minnesota has given up the fifth fewest points to running backs this year. Oh, wow. So, And then the Cowboys uh, are 12th. I have 15th, but close to that same deal. Yeah, that's probably a, uh, a scoring setting difference. Yeah, twelve, 12 versus fifteen. So, wow, it's uh, uh, we'll see we'll see how this one goes. Um, it'll, it'll be a fun game on uh, on Sunday night football. Like, are you getting your data from Yahoo? 
No, uh, oh, Rotowire. Cool? I was just thinking it'd be cool if Yahoo updates that, because I never thought it updated that based on scoring setting. I just thought they phoned it in, and it'd be cool to know that they actually do have an algorithm. Yeah, so we'll we'll uh we'll see how that how that uh that goes on what like I said what should be a fun um, Sunday night football game. So it'll be a fun a fun Sunday night football game, but it has uh uh no no bearing or or no uh it's not even in the same ballpark as the Monday night football game. Seattle at San Francisco, forty six and a half point over under, six point favorites. This is going to be the biggest game in Levi Stadium history. Um, I'm super hyped for it. Um, I'm going to be there, season ticket holder, super excited. Um, but uh, uh, Mike has some doubts about this 49ers defense. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if it's doubts. I, I just, I'm just curious on this giant quarterback that's been unstoppable versus this giant defense that's been unstoppable to quarterbacks and it's really giant versus giant here uh this is machine versus machine uh, the the 49ers um are, allow the least points to quarterbacks but on the flip side you have wilson who's third in passing yards first in touchdowns has 22 scores on the season with just one interception in the end, I think Wilson will have a good game, but not spectacular. Throwing for 250 yards and two touchdowns. A uh, decent game. I, I call that the uh, the you're not mad at it game. You know, you're like okay, like <laughs> you you see that yeah. you're like you're like all right, that's fine. You know, <laughs> so uh, so um, I, I'm gonna be very happy if that's what Russell Wilson walks away with because. Uh, that means uh, the Niners probably won because the Seattle defense is bad, uh, especially against the run. But um, but uh, Evan has a little bit to talk about with the uh, the uh, the 49ers run game versus the Seattle run defense. You've got a great defense. You're supplementing it with a great running back core. So why has only one time this season Matt Breda and Tevin Coleman both exceeded 10 points in HPPR? Why is that not happening every week? Why is it one or the other? Who cares? Just run them both. Why are you putting in other people? Why do you have like seven running backs? Just come on. Do you not care about fantasy? You just care about winning? <sighs> Work with me here. <laughs> I'm not even asking you to not running back by committee. You can totally. I'm saying do more running back by committees. Split the carries more between them. Ah, come on. I'm tired of trying to figure out whether to start my Bredas or my Coleman's. Uh, I would say Coleman's. That's what I've been leaning to, but still, he has his, uh, the highs are high, but the lows are still just as low. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the high, that's exactly it. The highs are going to be higher. He's getting the red zone touches. He's getting the, the, you know, within the five touches. That's, you know, it's going to be a split. It's going to be annoying, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm going Coleman over Breda, um, uh, most times just because, uh, I think what last week it was like 12 touches to 13 touches, but Breda did more. But uh, Coleman uh, has a better chance of kicking in a touchdown than than Breda, so I'm going to go with Coleman over Breda. My question is more as a 49ers fan than than anything in fantasy, which is how did the 49ers adjust for the loss of a top five coverage linebacker? Because um, they went out and they got Quan Alexander um, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was their big splash free agent signing, and um, per Pro Football. Uh, uh, 
focus. I almost said pro football reference. That's not right. Per pro football uh, focus, he was a top five coverage linebacker, which was doing a lot, a lot, a lot. One of the reasons why the Niners defense has been so good um, was it was having him in coverage. So they're going to drop down to Fred Warner um, and, and um, being their top coverage linebacker. So I'm curious how the 49ers account for that because um, it could be a problem, and it, it is going to be a problem um, going forward. Uh, it makes me much less uh, uh, bullish about their upcoming matchups, especially um, um, when they get to like the New Orleans game, uh, that Mike's pinned as the game that he decides if the Niners are good or not. <laughs> Actually, I think this this is this is going to be well. You said a, you, go a long way. You said Seattle and the Saints. So even right. if they win tomorrow, uh, you still won't believe in them. But um, I, I would, did not say that. I did not say I do not believe in the 49ers. I said that they need to prove it. That's that's the only thing I've said. All right. So, um, but anyways, against the Saints and Alvin Kamara, it does it does put that game into doubt with me for me without uh, Quam Alexander uh, with the uh, the pass catching skills there. So, we'll see we'll see how the 49ers go. It's going to be a great game. Uh, everybody will be uh, very happy to get off of work and watch a a primo Monday Night Football matchup. So, all right, let's shift gears here before we take off um, and uh, talk a little daily fantasy football. So. Um, every week we put some, put some lineups together and, uh, play against each other. And Mike, I'm going to assume I came in last place again, like I do every week. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you didn't come back, you didn't, you didn't come in last, uh, in week eight. Uh, oh, great. So, uh, we got two weeks to cover because somehow I didn't, I lost the paper or whatever for week eight and we really didn't discuss it. But I, I think mostly what we need to discuss here. <laughs> we is, don't need to discuss it is and very much willing to discuss it is week five week six because we had a week by week seven by we didn't play think you guys should be thankful uh, <laughs> week five week six week eight week nine champion yeah right here right here oh right. wow four straight high nice five. job high five. High five. yeah uh, ridiculous. Uh, so yeah so far um thus far on the season, Evan, 17 points, me, Mike, 17 points, and Jeff, 14 points. So it's a battle. It's This can change any time this season. Uh, we're all in it. It's going to change right now. I've never been more excited about my lineup. All right. Uh, Mike, or actually, Evan, you're more excited. Evan, let's hear your lineup, and then we'll go Mike. All right. And then we'll, and then we'll hear the last place lineup. All right. going. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of... Uh, some big guys and rounding out with some minor guys. You know, it's a strategy I think Matthew Barry used to call Gladys Knight and the Pips, but I'm going to modernize it. I'm going to call it Rick James and the Mary Jane Girls strategy. So the quarterback, it's called Stars and Scrubs. The quarterback, <laughs> never heard of it. The quarterback is uh, Tannehill for 7200 I'm putting my fake money where my real mouth is. Uh, running back, I can't – I've never seen a price this high, but I still have to pay it. CMC. $10,500 for McCaffrey. I will pay that gladly. I was surprised to see uh, Marlon Mack from the Colts at 7400 because I feel like they're going to want to lean on their run game to get out of there with a quick W with, you know, Brissett banged up and their wide receivers banged up. I, I was surprised to see him at 7400 so that was an easy one. Got to go Mike Evans for 8600 I know Jeff likes that. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Devontae Parker, 5800 Touched on him earlier. Only game in town besides Gasicki. I needed a wide receiver for cheap, so I said, I don't know, Calvin Ridley. 
You're going against New Orleans? Division game? Who knows? I mean, you don't have to do much. Uh, Gerald Everett was another dart throw for 5,700. And then I have to go Baltimore's D against Cincinnati, who just doesn't care, and I don't even know who's throwing the ball there, for $5,000. And then Flex, let me see if Jeff and I did the same Flex for the second straight week. We do it about half the time. For 4500 I had to say Kareem Hunt. You're going to you give me 5 to 10 points. That's all I need. Uh, <coughs> so we'll, we'll Tan- Tannehill, CMC, Mack, Parker, Evans, Ridley, Everett, Baltimore, and Hunt. All right. Uh, Mike, what about your DFS? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Marlon Christian McCaffrey. Looking at my paper. Woo, buddy. Um, I need Tanny to tank. Yeah, uh, especially if you have some uh, contrarian. Um, and then at wide receiver, um, I have Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah, we also share Calvin Ridley. Ooh. Chris and Kirk. Uh, Dawson Knox at tight end, David Montgomery at flux, and the Jets defense. All right, against the Giants. So, all right. It was interesting. Three of the five top tight ends were were not available because two played yesterday, and one plays on Monday. Monday. Okay. Um, so, all right. So, wow. Um, that'll work. Um, so my lineup this week, uh, I have two players. Oh, actually, no, we have some good, some good, uh, some good coverage here. So my quarterback, 7,900 bucks, uh, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, that'll make or break me. My running back, Saquon Barkley, my other running back, Christian McCaffrey, at ten thousand five hundred, it wasn't enough to dri- uh, to drive us away for, from CMC. We got to get him into our lineups. Um, my wide receivers are John Brown for fifty eight hundred bucks, Michael Thomas for eighty seven hundred bucks, and we went the same price point here for our third wide receiver. Actually, you guys went Calvin Ridley. Um, I went Hollywood Brown, who has the same price point of fifty three hundred bucks um, over Calvin Ridley um, in this one. So. Um, I talked earlier about the the Bengals. Oh, I wish I'd gone with him. Yeah, I talked about the Bengals versus the uh, the 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 Ravens, and then Mike. I went your boy, Jack Doyle. Yeah. Let's see if he keeps that you know uh, uh, keeps that rolling with all the injuries in that passing game, and then my flex, Kareem Hunt. Evan, you were right. He's literally the cheapest uh, person you can slide into your your flex, so you might as well. Um, so you can pay up everywhere else. Because, I mean, I was able to fit Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey into my lineup by doing that. And then uh, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, you know, uh, the uh, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. Um, they're, they're, they're not built, the, the Bills, that is, to blow out a team. So there's not a big uh, odds of them um, having a, a, a big uh, points against. So that was kind of a 3,500, a little punt play there to just uh, try to fit more... Uh, higher end guys into the lineup so all right you guys got anything to add nope i'm gonna go die now okay for an hour then you'll get my kids for the rest of the day all right well good luck with that so thanks for listening everybody uh for mike for evan this has been jeff you guys all have a good one